We are the Disciples of Christ, a movement for wholeness in a fragmented world. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to Love God and Your Neighbor and to this worship service of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Anniston, Alabama. I'm Pastor Laura Hutchinson. When this world is acting as it normally does, this is my podcast where I share the sermons that I preach each week. But in this world of quarantine and social distancing, my podcast is sharing a full worship service for First Christian Church and anyone else who wants to tune in. So I'm really glad you're here. Something new that we started this week is that the members of First Christian Church received the words to today's hymns in their Friday Reminders email. So if you're not on our email list and you want to get those hymns and information, please drop me a note requesting to be added to future Friday Reminders that include details about the upcoming worship service, including the scriptures and the hymns. Send it to Laura Hutchinson, L-A-U-R-A-H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S-O-N at bellsouth.net. Laura Hutchinson at bellsouth.net and put in the subject line, add me to the Friday Reminders. Now, today is the second Sunday of Easter and the day that we observe Earth Day in worship, the day we set aside to specifically celebrate God's glorious creation and to reflect on ways that we can honor God in the way that we treat our world. I hope you're either worshiping outside today or worshiping in a spot where you can see the splendor of God's world. And so before we get too far into the service, I want to invite you to gather the elements of the Lord's Supper bread or crackers, and juice or wine, and light a candle to represent the light of the risen Christ that is always in our midst. In the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, we celebrate an open table where every person is welcomed, just as Christ has welcomed us. Now feel free to pause this podcast, and then restart it when you have everything together. And now, let us worship. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. 
for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. We have come to worship in the name of the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer. And we have come to worship with hearts filled with gladness and gratitude. So now I invite you to sing together hymn number 641, I See the Morning Breaking. We now live in a world where we are afraid to touch one another, even if we're simply shaking a hand. But that doesn't mean that we cannot spread the peace of Christ to each other anymore. Passing the peace of Christ is an important part of Christian worship that goes back to the very beginning, and it recognizes that we are part of a larger body of worshipers than just ourselves. That body of worshipers is the body of Christ, and we depend on one another for our spiritual health and well-being, just as we depend on the earth for our physical well-being. Unfortunately, worshiping apart as we are forced to do right now, we can forget how much we depend on each other and how much others depend on us. So I invite you to reach out to your church family, to your friends and your loved ones, wherever they are, I invite you to welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed us for the glory of God, let us pass the peace of Christ. Today's scripture comes from Genesis 1, 28 through 30. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every little thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I would like to invite all of the children listening today to pay special attention because this part is just for you. I hope you listen to the scripture that I just read. I don't know if you've heard it before. Hopefully you have, where you've heard the, the first part of the, of the Bible where it talks about how God created everything. First, he created um, the heavens and the earth, and he created light, and he, created dark, and he separated light from darkness, and he created the animals in the sea and the animals in the sky and the animals that crawled in the earth, and he created human beings and everything. God created every single thing that we see everywhere we look. So right now, I want you to, if you're not already outside, I want you to go to a window and I want you to look and I want you to name everything you see right now. Just call it out to your family in your house. Do you see, is it raining or is it sunny? Or do you see clouds? What about birds? Do you see birds or hear them? And trees, do you see trees? And grass and flowers? Maybe some of you have a garden outside. Do you see that? Are there do you have any fruits or vegetables growing yet? If you're lucky enough to live in an area that has other kinds of animals, we all have squirrels. Those are pretty fun. And my mom and dad used to live in a place where that had deer and even black bears walking past their house sometimes. God's creation is amazing, isn't it? When you're done looking outside, come back and sit down. I want you to think about what God's creation means to you as a person. I want you to say me, to say your name. God creation, God's creation means to me, and I'll say Laura, to me, Laura, it means what? Everything. It means life. If it weren't for everything that you see outside and everything beyond, we wouldn't be able to live. We wouldn't be able to be free and happy and um, we wouldn't have enough to eat. We wouldn't have air to breathe. We wouldn't have water to drink. We wouldn't have the supplies we needed to build the homes that we live in. We wouldn't have the clothes that we wear. We wouldn't have each other. 
We are so completely dependent on the earth around us and on the world that God created. And you know what? God put you in charge of taking care of it. He did. He put you in charge of taking care of it. He put you in charge of keeping it clean. So if you see trash on the ground, pick it up and put it in the garbage can. If you do something, make sure that what you do doesn't hurt the earth, doesn't hurt the animals or the plants around you. Make sure that you don't pour nasty chemicals into the ground. Make sure that you don't leave your garbage or your trash laying around for animals to get into and to be hurt by it. Make sure that everything you do is with creation in mind, with God's planet, with the earth, with the animals and the plants and everything in mind. And know that God put you on this earth to take care of it and to love it and to respect it. Because God takes care of us and God loves us and nurtures us and respects us. And God wants us to do that for his creation. Can you do that? Will you pray with me? Repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for creation, for giving us this earth, and for giving us the chance to take care of it. Help us to be good caregivers. Amen. Please join me in the prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Hear us now as we silently confess our sins. Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We are forgiven. Glory be to God the Almighty. Amen.
we have a few prayer requests um, from our congregation. Um, the first one is for Vicki's nephew, Neil, who has tested positive with the coronavirus. We are praying for his safety and for quick healing. We have a request to pray for our earth, but especially for all of the people living on the earth. May we and all of the people who have the ability to create policies and laws work to reverse our negative effect on the planet. May we take into account how quickly small changes take effect and let us be encouraged by the environmental benefits that we've observed during this pandemic. The prayer is that the cleaner air from this past month inspires us to work towards making that a permanent change. Chris and Jeff are asking for prayer for a family friend, Angel, who is 22 and has just had a heart transplant on Thursday at UAB. Since then, she has um, lost blood flow in her right leg, and it's likely to be amputated at the knee, and her kidneys are struggling. So please pray for her, for her family, and for the hospital staff to help pull her through this. She is young, and she deserves a full life. Matt has asked for prayers for his friend Charlie, whose son committed suicide. His son suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, as so many veterans do. And so he has asked for prayer for his family and for all of the veterans who continue to struggle after so faithfully serving our country. And with that, let us remember the members of our church family who are currently serving in the military. We pray for Nikki and Hunter, for Drake, and we pray for Jeff who is currently serving um, in the reserves here in Anniston. And let us pray for all of those serving in our military, especially those who are in close contact with the coronavirus. We have a request for prayers for all of those working as essential workers, um, all those folks who cannot stay home. And especially we pray for the healthcare workers who continue to go to work and put their lives and their families' lives on the line to continue serving those in need. I especially want to thank God for Rhonda today, who is a member of our church, who recently finished three 12-hour shifts working on the COVID-19 floor in our local hospital. You are our hero, Rhonda, and we love you. Now, before we pray, I'm going to light a couple of candles. This is a tradition in our congregation for those of you who have never been. It's a tradition that I got from my church when I was serving in Florence, Alabama. We light candles in honor and to remember those lives that we have lost. And we also light candles for new life that has been born. So today I light this first candle to give glory and honor to God for the life of Charlie's son. May God give his soul peace. And I light this candle in memory and honor of all the people who have lost their lives to the coronavirus so far. May the curve flatten out very soon. Let us pray. As we are called to see ourselves and each other as earthen vessels, that hold God's presence and bring God's gifts to the world. So too this very world and all that is above, around, and within it are earthen vessels, just as easily shattered 
just as much in need of our loving attentiveness and support. May our hands align with God's in caressing and shaping these vessels. For trees, plants, crops, and forests, let us pray. For water, oceans, rivers, streams, and ponds, let us pray. For air, wind, climate, and weather, let us pray. For sun, clean energy, and prevention of global warming, let us pray. For animals, especially endangered species, let us pray. For all humankind, let us pray. For people who are sick and suffering, who are injured, in need of healing, let us pray. For leaders making life and death death decisions every day, let us pray. For earth and unity, let us pray. Creator God, we thank you for all of creation. We ask your forgiveness where we have failed to be just stewards, and we now ask for your guidance in restoring the face of the earth. May we learn to live in harmony, safety, and just sharing of resources among all so that we achieve the kingdom of God. Peace be to this community. Peace be to this land. Peace be to all people. Hear us now as we pray the prayer your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Last night, as I lay tossing and turning in my bed, I was rewarded with a small thunderstorm to soothe my busy mind. I lay there in my covers, listening to the thunder roll through the night and to the rain spattering the deck outside my window. I watched the lightning flash across the dark sky, and I marveled at God's creative power. This morning, I woke to sunshine filtered through the trees and a symphony of birdsong calling me to life. And I marveled at God's love of beauty. Our world, earth and the universe it dwells in, is a gift from God. It was made lovingly with an astounding attention to detail, with every little thing dependent on every other little thing to maintain order and sustain life. And we were entrusted with the responsibility to care for it all. The scripture says God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every little thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Subdue the earth and have dominion over every living thing. That's what God said to us. Well, sitting here on my porch today and thinking about the state of the world, I have to admit that we haven't done such a great job with God's mandate. And it's possible that's because we misunderstood what God meant when she used the word subdue and dominion. See what I did there? I said she. Mm-hmm. I did. For hundreds and hundreds of years, people have misinterpreted the Bible as a way of justifying dominating, controlling, and even abusive behavior. For example, when Ephesians 5.22 says that women are to submit to their husbands, people heard, do whatever your husband says, you have no right to an opinion, you have no rights, period. When really that text means that women are called to show respect to their husbands, just as husbands are called to love their wives. The text advocates a partnership rather than a dictatorship. And when the scripture says to fear the Lord, people have preached terror rather than awe and used it as a way to control the populace. And when the scripture says subdue the earth and have dominion over it, people seemed to hear dominate and destroy at will whatever suits you. The earth and everything in it is here to do your bidding. One time I heard a college student explain to her parents why she had decided to become a vegetarian. And the parents argued that God had given them dominion over the earth and all the animals, and so it was okay to eat them. And the girl surprised them when she agreed with them that she had no moral objection to eating animals, 
but she did have a moral objection to the way we care for and slaughter the animals that we eat in our culture. She argued, when I buy a home, I will have dominion over it, but it would be a sin for me to abuse it, to damage it, or to let it fall into neglect or disrepair. Well, it's the same for the earth and all the animals in it. When God commanded us to subdue and have dominion, he gave us the responsibility to maintain and protect what God has given us. And then she said, I don't think we're doing a very good job with that, do you? Well, her parents had to admit she made a great argument, and I think she did too. The word dominion does mean we have power over the earth. But to quote Uncle Ben and Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. We do have power over the earth. But the power entrusted to us by God means that we are responsible for the care of the earth and every living thing in it. It is a sacred responsibility and we are failing in our duty. To list a few examples to prove the point... There is so much garbage in the oceans that dead sharks, whales, and other sea creatures constantly float onto our beaches with bellies filled with our trash and waste or with their necks strangled by it. That trash is killing entire oceanic ecosystems. That trash is not only killing the animals, it's contributing to, if not entirely causing, the warming of our oceans a catastrophic side effect that kills vegetation and animal life in the seas and causes the increase in the number and intensity of storms that we experience each year. The increase of greenhouse gases in our atmosphere, caused by the burning of fossil fuels, among other things, affects everything from air pollution, weather patterns, acid rain, and drought. And droughts allow forest fires to rage out of control, killing millions of wild animals and even people, while also destroying billions of dollars worth of our own properties and belongings. And then there's fracking, which is a controversial practice used to release oil and natural gases from the rock in the earth, but that's proven to poison groundwater and maybe even cause earthquakes. And government-subsidized farms, particularly in the U.S., are forced to use unsustainable practices that increase the chances of infection, pestilence, and disease, which then forces farmers to use poisons and heavy antibiotics to control the spread of those diseases and bugs. The quality of life for livestock in those farms, well, it's terrifying, and the quality of food that makes it to our grocery stores and onto our tables is, well, in a word... Well, it's just disgusting. And hunting wild game. Well, that's seriously the most humane and godly way of providing meat for our families. But human beings have turned hunting into a sport. And we have hunted species into extinction or near extinction for no other reason than we want to and we can. And there are hundreds more examples of how we've not just dropped the ball on our job as caretakers of this incredible planet, but we have essentially spit in the face of and given the finger to the one who created it in the first place. God tells us to protect and serve the earth rather than dominate and overcome it. 
For decades, there have been battles between environmentalists and politicians about whether there is a need for an intervention. And if there is agreement about the need for an intervention, there are arguments about what should be done and how it should be done. And most of those arguments usually come down to how much it's going to cost us. One side wants to know what the cost of implementing environmental interventions will be to the people. And the other side asks what the cost will be if we don't intervene. And then there are those who question whether any intervention will work at all. And they argue that we shouldn't even bother. It can all seem really hopeless and overwhelming. It's all super muddled and frustrating. And many have felt like there's just no point in even talking about it. But then something amazing happened. Here we are on April 19th, 2020. 20 years into the third millennium since Christ was born, stuck in the middle of a terrifying disease that's terrorizing the entire world. And guess what's happening? The skies have literally cleared. People in India can see the Himalayan mountains from their towns for the first time in decades. Asthma and other respiratory conditions in China and other countries, including ours, have improved in patients because the air is cleaner. The canals in Venice are clear because the boats have stopped churning up the sediment and people can see the fish for the first time in forever. These are awe-inspiring events that draw a bright silver lining around a really dark time in history. All of these positive effects of the worldwide quarantines. All of these positive effects of the worldwide quarantines are only temporary, though, sure to be reversed as soon as we resume our normal activities, our normal planet polluting activities. But what this moment in time shows us is that it is possible for us to take better care of God's planet, and it wouldn't be that hard to get serious results. In the month and a half that most of us have stayed home, refrained refrain from driving and flying and even shut down factories at some places in the world, the air is measurably cleaner. Scientists say that pollution began to decline almost immediately. And of course, we can't sustain this level of inactivity. That would be crazy to even suggest. But we can make universal changes to the way we function as people and not only improve our quality of life, but would also improve the quality of life for every living creature on earth. We can make little changes in the ways we live day to day, and we can advocate to our leaders what we want them to do as well. And the changes don't have to be drastic. Something as simple as making it illegal for corporations to buy up patents for inventions that compete with their products. That would be amazing because it does happen. There are hundreds, if not thousands of inventions of products that would allow us to maintain our current lifestyle without causing damage to the environment. But certain industries have made a practice of buying those patents and then sitting on them so that those inventions never get produced and distributed. There are other simple things that could be done by our government and the private sector, like giving incentives to businesses to encourage them to allow their employees to work from home, even for part of the work week to cut down on how often people drive their cars. And we have proven that that would help because our current shelter-in-place situation has done it. 
Or we can encourage cities to expand their public transit systems. And we can use Zoom instead of forcing people to drive long distances for meetings or conferences. And helping industries based on the use of fossil fuels or other environmentally harmful products transition to more environmentally friendly industries. The scripture says, God blessed them and God gave, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Native Americans and other indigenous people around the world have always had a strong understanding of their connection to nature. They recognize that they are intrinsically connected to everyone and everything on earth, and they act accordingly. They see that they are completely dependent on the oxygen that trees produce and the water that flows in the streams and rivers, and they see that the trees depend on the carbon dioxide we and other animals exhale. We are dependent on each other, and so indigenous people treat creation with respect and honor. They have always hunted for what they needed, only what they needed, and gave respect to the animal that gave its life so that they could live. They are humble before the creator and the created. And though for most of their time on earth and in history, they have never heard the name Jesus or heard about the book of Genesis, their treatment of and respect for God's creation is pretty much exactly in line with how God commanded humanity to act as caretakers of this great planet that we call home. We have a lot to learn from them. Today's sermon title is, How Have We Ruled? Well, up until now, especially in the last 500 years or so, I'd say we have not ruled well. Our leadership style over creation is pretty similar to any dictator that we've ever known. We have taken what we wanted without concern for how it affects the ones we rule. We have demanded more and more and more from our subjects and sacrificed little. We have looked to the earth and said, what can you do for me? Rather than, what can I do for you? Or more actually, what do we do for each other? In contrast, God, the one who made us and gave us dominion over the earth, the one who has all power and authority over everything that has ever been, chooses to live in a covenantal relationship with us based on God's unending love. Our God, who has true dominion over us, modeled sacrificial love in Christ Jesus and ultimate power in the resurrection and has never abused us with the intent to get as much as he simply can as much as he can simply because he can when compared to the ruler who gave us the command to rule we have fallen way short of our responsibility but every day that we walk this earth we have a chance to be better 
It's true that up until now we have ruled as vicious dictators, but by the grace of God, we are given a chance to become gentle caretakers, filled with awe for what God has done in creation and humbled by our role as servants of God. Let us be better. Let us reform our understanding of the words subdue and dominion, and let us rule this great creation by following the example of the one who rules over us. Amen. Amen. We live in a world created by a God who loves us so much. He died for us. You live in a world where your creator died for you and was then resurrected so that you can live for eternity with God, regardless of the sins that you may have committed. You are cherished by God in ways you will never fully comprehend. And all Jesus wants is for you to love him back. I invite you to give your life to Christ and to invite him into your heart where that love will grow and flourish now and forever. Let us sing together now our invitation hymn. Hymn number 117, He is Lord. This whole service is about being good stewards of what God has given us. The fact that God has given us dominion over all the earth does not mean that it belongs to us or that we have the right to dominate and control it. No, the stewardship of the earth is about being humble and gracious before all that God has done. And so God calls us to be good stewards of all that dwells on the earth and of all that God has given us to live on this earth. God has given us everything we see, feel, hear, and taste. And as a sign of our humility and gratitude, God calls us to give back just a little. I invite you now to give with hearts filled with love, your tithes and offerings. Please donate online at www.fccaniston.org. That's www.fccaniston.org. 
A-N-N-I-S-T-O-N dot O-R-G. Scroll down to the bottom of our homepage and click the Donate Now button. At this time, we can only take donations via PayPal as we're having trouble with our connection to Stripe, which is the function that takes credit cards. But you can also mail in a check to First Christian Church to 1327 Layton Avenue. That's 1327 L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N Avenue, Anniston, A-N-N-I-S-T-O-N, Alabama, 36207. We thank you for your donations because every dollar helps keep our little church going so that we can continue to share the love of Christ in this world. Once upon a time, God made a garden, and every creature lived in it happily with God. We took long walks with God in the cool of the evening. Humans and snails, kangaroos and spiders, kitties and larks. And when we all sat down with God to eat, the curling vines gave up their fruit, the tall gold wheat gave up its grain, and we ate delicious bread and drank from a cup of blessing singing songs under the stars until morning. And the grateful creation was at peace. Ever since, whenever we honor the earth by eating and drinking with heartfelt thanks, God walks with us again. God sits with us and eats. Our tables become the garden, the whole creation sighs with peace, and we see again how life was meant to be. Come now, everyone, to this table, to the garden that God planted in the east in Eden. Come, taste and remember, taste and see how good God is. 1 Corinthians 11, 23-29 says, On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink of it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. 
Thank you, Creator God, for sharing your life with us in every good thing of this world. Thank you most of all for Jesus, who sat us down to eat and drink good bread and good wine, so that in tasting how good they are, we could remember how good you are. He is our East, our Eden, our Garden of Peace. In him we find the fullness of life that you desired for us from the start. Walking together, sharing food, living in peace. Send the Spirit to this table now, where he still sits us down, where we still remember you. Bless the bread and the cup, fruit of the earth and work of our hands. May they become, by your grace, the taste of Eden in our hearts. As we eat and drink together, let us see more clearly a vision of life as you meant it to be. Consecrate us to the ministry of making it so, by sharing earth's goodness with all, in reverence and hope, with justice and joy. Amen. And now, take of the bread the body of Christ broken for you. And drink of the cup, the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Let us sing together the communion hymn number 425. Let us break bread together on our knees.
By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ died. Christ was raised. Christ will come again. This is the mystery of our faith. Thanks be to God. And now, as you go from this worship service, remember that we are all caretakers of this great earth. Walk gently and humbly throughout creation and ask God to guide you each and every step. Go in peace. And now let us sing together as the deer. <laughs> 